we're going to turn to a, a passage that's about Thanksgiving, and we'll start with uh, Luke 17, beginning in the 11th verse. Luke 17, 11. May his Holy Spirit breathe life through these words. While he, Jesus, was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourself to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when they when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go, your faith has made you well. Would you pray with me? Holy Father, we have so much to thank you for. We thank you for all the blessings that are poured into our life. And we know along with the scriptures, we have experienced this, that anything that is good in our life, we acknowledge today that it came from you. As I looked at this beautiful table at the front of the church, I just thought to myself, this is our life. You have poured overflowing abundance into each one. We thank you for the gifts that you have given, and above all, we thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the name which is above all names, the name that makes it possible for us to speak to you today, the name that gives us hope. His name is Jesus, and we have come to praise him and to give thanks to him. You are the one that makes all things possible. You are the one that has given us life. And we have come today to praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. I was in a doctor's office recently, and uh, I was in the waiting room with two different ladies. When they they came in, kind of I'd been sitting there for a while, and they came in a little bit later. And the, and the first woman came in, and it was clear that she was physically challenged. She was pushing a walker along with a great struggle, but she was determined to do it kind of all on her own. Her face was contorted as if maybe she had suffered a stroke, but her voice was still light and lovely and joyful. She said, excuse me, this walker is just too big for in here. Excuse me, she said. We all moved out of the way. We shuffled about so she could get through to her chair, and she sat down with some struggle. Thank you so much, she said through twisted lips. You must always be polite, she said to no one in particular. She said, you, almost, you must always be thankful. The second woman came in just a few minutes later. I actually heard her voice before she entered the room. She started out by saying, I could hear from the other room, mean, mean, mean. You're just being mean. And she kind of spat the words out over her shoulder to the young woman that was walking behind. I guessed it was her daughter. Her daughter looked hurt and concerned, and she walked behind her. She was kind of reaching out, trying to 
hold up her mother so she didn't stumble, and the older woman just pulled away and continued to sputter loudly about how she was being mistreated. Her daughter followed, clearly embarrassed, concerned that her mom might fall. Now, I don't know these women. I don't know how their families treated them or the difficulties that they'd experienced. I don't know the news that they had received in the doctor's office that day. But it did strike me that both of these women had experienced a a great hardship. Yet one was filled with bitterness and the other with a heart of thanksgiving. They had both chosen the way that they would respond to the difficulties in their lives. And of course that got me to thinking as I sat there with those two women waiting for the doctor, which one of those two women am I most like? One of those women I was just drawn to. I just felt like getting up and talking with her because her her spirit was light and gentle. And the other one, well honestly I was thankful when she left. And I began to think about that. You know, what am I thankful for? Am I truly a thankful person? Do I communicate my thankfulness to others? I was thinking this morning, you know, just as we we have been doing this whole month of thankfulness, you know, just how much we have to be thankful for, how, how much I have to be thankful for. Do I communicate that or do I act like I deserve better? Which of those two women are you most like? Is one of your primary characteristics thankfulness? When I think about what it means to be a Christian, what Christians should just exude, I think number one, we should exude love. And number two, I think perhaps humility. And number three, thankfulness. Are you a person of thankfulness? The story in the Gospel of Luke is very much about thankfulness, and there's much for us to see. We're introduced to ten leprous men, and leprosy in those days was the most feared disease. It could appear just as a small rash, a white rash on your hand, nothing too terribly significant, or maybe a patch of white hair that just suddenly showed up. It could be temporary and clear up quickly, or it could be life-threatening as you slowly watched your body deteriorate. Regardless of what kind of leprosy it was, it was always treated in the same way. Leviticus 13.45 describes what must be done. As for the leper who has the infection, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, And he shall cover his mustache and cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean all the days of his life during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now, if you don't get that, the first thing we all would notice is this, is that you've got to leave your family. I mean, no notice, no warning. The leprosy would appear, and it's time for you to go. You had to live separately. You had to live almost like a wild animal. Your hair wasn't to be combed. Your clothes were to be ripped. And if someone approached you to kind of warn them off, you had to take your two fingers, cover your mustache. I guess that's for the men. Maybe not. Cover your mustache and say, unclean, 
unclean to keep them away. You had to live outside of the camp. And that certainly doesn't sound like a happy life. Yet one thing that the lepers did that's not exactly in Leviticus, they wouldn't always live alone. In fact, lepers like these ten men in our story would often gather together. And strangely, it seems your citizenship or your religion didn't seem to matter much then. Because you all had one thing in common, your sickness. And some were Jews and some were Samaritans and some were the sworn enemies of the Jews. But their sickness seemed to bond them. And so one day Jesus is passing through this no man's land of Samaria and Galilee and he hears these ten men crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Doesn't it appear that their faith is terribly deep? Doesn't seem like they really understand who Jesus is. Maybe they had just heard that he had some healing power and so they cry out in desperation to be healed. And Jesus directs them to go to the priests, which was required by the law, in order for them to be able to reintegrate back into the community. And on the way, they take that step of faith, they turn to go, and on the way to the priest, they discover that what? They're healed. Can you just imagine that moment? Just the joy that they felt as they looked down on their skin, and it, it, it wasn't flawed, it wasn't sick. And everything that that meant, they were going to be whole again. They were going to be back with their families. And nine just keep going. They're just, you can imagine the laughter, the joy, but they just keep going except one. And he returns to Jesus. And it says he's glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell at the feet of Jesus. And he's giving him thanks. And it says, and he was a Samaritan. Only one came back. Nine went on. Which kind of brings me back to that first question. Which one of those two women am I most like? Are you most like? Which one of these ten lepers are we most like? The nine that were healed and didn't have the grace to stop and to thank Jesus, or the one who returns. And, and by the way, what's so different about that one that did? There's only one clue, one little verse that kind of is thrown in at the end. It's the pivotal point in the story in verse 16. And it says, when, it, when he returned, he was a Samaritan. Now, if you don't know anything about Samaritans, they were kind of the outcasts. They were kind of people that lived outside of the camp on their own. They were looked down on the Jews. They, they worshipped the God of Moses, but they also worshipped idols. They were part Jew, part Canaanite. They were considered half-breeds. The Jews wouldn't have anything to do with them. And I wonder if that's the very reason that this one came back. Because he felt he had experienced not only during this time of leprosy but his entire life what it felt like to be an outcast to be unclean 
to live outside the camp. And so what else could he do but come back and give thanks? As we approach Thanksgiving, even if you didn't stand, I hope you thought of something. What are you thankful for? Or are you really a thankful person at all? Almost every one of us would say, well, I'm awfully thankful for our families. Yes, we should be. We might say that we're awful thankful for the abundance that we have in this nation. Certainly we're the most blessed with stuff than any nation in the world. We should be thankful. Some of us might be thankful that we just, you know, we made it through that surgery, that today we're not in the hospital. And yes, we are. Some of us might be just thankful for what's coming this week, that big old slab of turkey covered in gravy next to all of the fixings. But above all, I'm so very thankful that I was living outside the camp. And Jesus called to me. And he healed me. And he invited me and you to live with him forever. Aren't you? Psalm 32, may these be our words for our heart song today. How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered How blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity. That's that's you and me, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and, oh, breathe in these words. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Give thanks. Because I was every bit the leper, isolated from a true community, separated from God. We all were. And all those, these, these were not exactly my words. They were our words in some way. Jesus, Master, Have mercy on me, a sinner, an outcast. But by the sacrifice of the cross, the cleansing power of his blood, the free gift of Jesus Christ, we are cleansed and continue to be cleansed because sometimes by our own choices we will walk right back outside the camp again. Jesus, Master, Have mercy on me. Because Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of God has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was me. That was all of us together. Because weren't we all living outside of the camp? Perhaps your salvation experience was incredibly dramatic by worldly standards. It was 180 degrees. Everyone knows that you're different. Or, Or perhaps, You grew up in the church. You were baptized in the church young, and you stayed in the church. You've never strayed far away. Yet all salvation experiences have this one thing in common. In fact, we can't really say that we're saved until we've come to this personal realization. I am a sinner separated from God. 
headed to an eternity in hell until there was Jesus. In your heart, can't you give him thanks today? Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. And aren't we thankful today that all who have cried out to him, he is faithful to forgive and faithful to bring us into an everlasting relationship to heal us and restore us. Praise him today. Worship him today. Give thanks. Verse 17 says, Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed by the nine? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Doesn't that just strike you as terribly wrong? I remember my mom, you know, when my, one of my sons graduated from high school. Maybe you've had this experience, probably not. But, you know, people were generous. They gave gifts for my son's high school graduation. And, uh, and, and so Sandy said, now you've got to write thank you cards. Remember that? You've got to write thank you cards. Talk about pulling teeth. And, uh, and, and for some reason, one never got back to my mom. Whoo, I still get a little word on that. What happened to that thank you card? Oh, my. Because why? Well, it just seems ungracious. It doesn't seem quite right that someone would be so generous and then we would not stop and give thanks. By the way, what, what do you think those nine, they went back to their community, right? They had to explain what happened to them. What, what do you think they said? Well, I'll, I probably would have gotten better anyway. His name, I can't really remember his name. I, I don't think I was ever sick. Hey, if I ever see that guy again, I think his name is Jesus, I'll, I'll probably thank him. Maybe I'll send him a card. Oh, he knows I'm thankful. I think I said it. Listen, I deserve to be healed. I wonder if that's why the nine went inside the Jewish community, that they had just the sense that they deserved to be healed. And maybe that's why they didn't give thanks. As opposed to a quote I came across this week from a fellow pastor, he said this, the best way in which we can say thank you, God, is to live that way in our relationship to him and to our fellow man, to live graciously and winsomely in our everyday experience so that this world would be a better world because we live in it. That's what that first woman that went into the doctor's office, if I had one word to describe her, it wouldn't be thankful. It would be winsome, light in spirit. Why? Because somewhere back down the road, she had decided that she was going to be a person of thanks. She reminded me of an email I received a while back from a friend, a sister of the church. She said this, We have been so surrounded by God's love and so supported by our church family, staff, and friends. This year, Thanksgiving will have an even greater meaning. In fact, every day is Thanksgiving. Blessings to you on this beautiful day. What an attitude of gratitude. Is that yours today? Sometimes, and I think this beautiful song that 
our youth just sang, really represented it. Sometimes our attitude is, I, I will thank God if he pours blessings into my life just like I think that he should. If he blesses me with the stuff that I ask for in the time frame that I ask for it, then I'll call him good. But brothers and sisters, just hear this one thing. If the Most High God never gave you or me one more thing, if he never gave us one more thing other than what he's already given us, his only begotten son, Jesus, haven't we already received a million, billion times more than we deserve? And so can't we just stop today and give thanks? So, Honestly, just between you and the Holy Spirit, which one are you? Which one of those two women? Which one of those ten lepers? Because you might not have the Norman, Rockwell, Walton's Mountain Thanksgiving. You may be struggling financially. Your health may not be exactly what you might like. But can't we all confess that if we have Jesus... We have everything. Amen? Psalm 95, 1. Oh, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him, his presence, with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. Come. Let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you would hear his voice. Would you pray with me? Holy Father, we thank you. We thank you. Let the words not too easily come from our mouth, but help us, Holy Spirit, to meditate on the great gifts that our Father has poured into our life. Who are we that God would be mindful of us? Who are we that Jesus Christ would endure the cross? It is not about our greatness, we confess but about the greatness of your love. So help us, Holy Spirit, to be thankful. In good times and in difficult times, help us to keep our eyes upon Jesus. Help us to have a light and winsome spirit because of our recognition of the great gift of Jesus Christ in our life. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.